first day of the new year, I left the club because I was feeling confused and very disheartened and in great frustration with my church. And so I went into the city and was looking around for Starbucks, and the preacher said, I think it's time that you begin to celebrate this Passover with some disciples. And so the disciples did as he had directed them to do to share in the celebration. Through this same group of disciples, I was able to look at Paul while they were eating the bread and I tried to comfort them and ask them what was going on. They were very sad because the soldiers had been having trouble with the sword and not I. Jesus replied, the one who has this crown is worthy to take it. The Son of Man goes out as he has been sent to Galilee. Behold to that man who is carrying the crown of Galilee. It would be better for him if he had not been born. Judas, one of the traitors, says, He says, Surely not I, Rabbi. Jesus answered, Yes, you. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body. He took the cup, gave thanks, and offered it to them, saying, This is the blood of the covenant. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine in my own house until the day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. When they had sung a hymn, they went out and took their cross. Then Jesus told them, This very night you will all fall away and die. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd principled or even unprotected. 
predictable actions and behavior of others. But rather, throughout our passage, even throughout the account of our Savior's passion, he appears uh, in a kind of glorious majesty. The majesty of his composure and even the majesty of his control over the situation. Our Lord is never merely passive, but he is active. He is active here also in his faithfulness. He is undeterred, and his purpose is unswerving in the certainty of the outcome of what is taking place here, largely by his own initiative and direction. Jesus prevails. Jesus prevails over sinful disloyalty at the Last Supper. And we're going to consider uh, what uh, we mean by that statement, of Jesus prevailing here. But first of all, we're going to look at that disloyalty, that sinful uh, unfaithfulness that is exposed here in this. And I call your attention, first of all, to three uh, statements of our Savior that are prophecies, predictions of what will take place in the near future, direct amazing statements to that effect, beginning with number one in verse 21, where Jesus says, one of you will betray me. Now Jesus had previously announced the fact of his coming death and even the betrayal that would be involved perpetrate the death. And of course, Jesus knew who it was, but he doesn't disclose the identity of the betrayer uh, directly. Rather, he makes this, this initial statement, one of you will betray me. And the disciples, all of them, react with sorrow and sadness. You can be sure that there was a mixture of, of shock and even fear in their response. And one after another, they they ask him, saying, surely not I, Lord. And at this point, we must say that to their credit, uh, they didn't point the finger of suspicion at others, but they showed a kind of humility, a kind of self-distrust that displays some understanding of the deceitfulness of their hearts and perhaps the fact that they realized that they were involved in circumstances that were baffling to them and perhaps very fearful. Terrible as this announcement of our Savior was, uh, the disciples, they do not deny it. They are dumbfounded by it. And they don't deny it, but rather the question on their minds and then in their mouths is, who, who, who is it? And we see that Jesus is not, first of all, concerned with the identity of the betrayer when he announces this, even as he elaborates the answer to their question concerning his identity. But rather, it's the, the fact of such treachery among them. In verse 23, we read, in response to their question, Jesus replies, the one who has dipped 
his hand into the bowl with him and was enslaved to him. Now we must not think that Jesus here is identifying specifically the betrayer because there was a common bowl that was used at the Passover feast, likely containing a kind of mixture of fruit and and nuts uh, into which the participants in turn would dip bread and squeeze it and feed it to others. And so the fact is, they had all dipped into the bowl with him. And so the point is not so much to uh, identify the betrayer, but to but to show what a horrible act of treachery could actually involve. As Jesus says, as recorded in John chapter 13, he who eats bread with me has lifted up his heel against me. This betrayer was one among those who shared the fellowship and the mutual trust and comfort of eating together. That's the significance of the passage that our Lord quotes uh, from Psalm 41, verse 9. Even my close friend whom I trusted, he who shared my bread, has lifted up his heel against me. Jesus' initial enslavement as the betrayer was not so much uh, an enslavement for uh, the other disciples as it was an enslavement to the conscience of Judas himself. Judas himself. uh, Judas very piously joins with the others in saying, surely not I, and he alone betrays him. Judas also appears uh, innocent before the eyes of others. And so Jesus is again being identified as such. Though the other disciples didn't seem to get it, even after Jesus told Judas, what you do, you will do quickly. Turn him out. Yet the other disciples, who also might have been John, didn't understand what he was telling them. They thought that his direction was just simply to the pool of Bethesda, and they could make other preparations for him. But the reality is that Judas was betrayed before the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus knew who he was, he knew what he would do, but he identified him as the Lamb of God. He had nothing to do with it, nothing to do with his Listen to the next prediction of our Lord Jesus. All of you will be made to fall and to stumble this night. The events of that night will lead all the other disciples uh, to death, to hell even. To stumble as their loyalty to the Lord Jesus is put put to the test. And they would be brought into prison for, for the test of their loyalty was too much for them. They would be afraid to stand with Jesus. I will strike the shepherd's tent with blows from Aaron's rod. The sheep will be scattered. Descriptions must be fulfilled. And Judas is betrayed. 
thirdly, of his own heart and his bravado says again even if I have to die with you I will never disown you and all the other disciples are scared to death and the one who did this betrays the Lord listen again to the statements about Satan one of you will betray me all of you will be made to stumble because of me you will deny me three times. Three dark statements. One spoken at the supper. The others on the way to the Mount of Olives. And so far we've simply just collected these uh, verses, these statements from this passage that we've read. And it's not the only important thing that is revealed here. But if we take them together and we, we count their accumulative weight and we think of the oppressive weight upon the soul of our Lord Jesus Christ, then we're struck with the amazing reality of his suffering and the betrayal of Satan at the hands of others. The Passover was to produce this bitter root. Certainly there was a, a bitter sorrow
instituted the Lord's Supper on that final Passover night that he observed with his disciples. And he does so the night before midnight. Let's eat first of the bread.